Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the We Broadcast Beer podcast. My name is James and today I am joined in the studio by Ben. Hello. And Chippy. Hello. Um, for episode 10, this is our final episode of the series. Thanks for joining us again in the new year. Hope you all had a good Christmas. Um, today our feature recording is our Meet the Brewer event we did with Beerblier Tech um, towards the end of December. Um, that's coming up in just a while. But before we launch into that, we're going to be chatting a little bit about what we're excited about in 2017. Any kind of beer trends that we think are coming up, big beer releases, events, that kind of thing. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Nice, nice to be here. Yeah, it's nice that our tasting room has been called a studio now. Yeah, well, you know, it's... <laughs> feels, our tasting room feels a bit like the TARDIS. It sort of, like, changes to be whatever we need it to be. It can be whatever it, we need it to be. Storeroom, office, tasting room. <laughs> it has been a spare bedroom as well. Spare bedroom, exactly. <laughs> and this morning it is a studio for uh, recording the podcast, which is good. Um, I think we should start off by looking back at 2016 and uh, what were each of your favourite beers of the year? Ben? It's got to be fresh from Wild Beer Co. We had it on tap over Christmas time and it was tasting phenomenal. I've, they change the hop combinations every few months depending on what's coming in the freshest and it really does show in the quality of that beer. Um, I mean, we got through six or seven kegs in the Clapham Junction shop in absolutely no time because it is just so fresh. Hence the name. Hence the name, yeah. We've, well, we've both gone for a Clapham Junction shop special. I'm saying Picnic from Belleville. I think was probably one of the best session beers I've had. Uh, so much flavour, not even that strong. And yeah, I did drink it a lot. Maybe, maybe too much, but I drank <laughs> it a lot. You're looking forward to more of the picnic this year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the tap room as well. Yeah. It should be open up soon. Yeah, so, um, okay. So one of our local breweries, slightly less local, wild beer, but one of our longest standing breweries. What was your favourite beer of the year then? I would say with the Taris Bulba from Brasserie de la Seine. Uh, really nice, quite light uh, Belgian pale ale. Um, had a lot of those good qualities, but didn't didn't kind of weigh me down too much like some Belgian pales do. Um, and not a brewery I know a huge amount about. I uh, hadn't tried in their beers before, so it was good to get those guys in. And hopefully we'll get some more stuff from them in, in 2017. Pretty much everything they do is just all about the super balance. It's sort of like letting mm. every ingredient express itself and not having anything dominate by the hops or the malts or the yeast. It all works together. It's hugely drinkable beers with some scary ABVs. Um, so yeah, 2016, good year for beer, um, as every year seems to be. Lots of new breweries opening up. Um, we had some, some, you know, lots of new stuff coming into the shop. Definitely the year of the can, I think, 2016. 100%. Um, so much so that we opened a store in Tooting dedicated just to cans. So two uh, double fridges um, with cans, so over about 150 different cans. Uh, a dedicated can fridge in our Clapham and Ballam shops. Um, so, and I think that's really exciting. You know, we've gone from having a state of affairs where we could just get cans in from the American breweries. We now almost, you know, every other UK brewery that opens up is saying they're going to go into can and there's more I mean, of that due this It's going to be interesting this year because when we first opened, it was sort of getting every can we could really get our hands on. And nowadays we're having to be a lot more picky about our cans as opposed to our bottle range. It's, it's easier now to find space in the fridges for bottles than it is to find space in the fridges for cans. Yeah, and I'd almost say it's, it's, it almost feels like a bold move now to open up as a bottle brewery, which is weird. You wouldn't have said mm. that a year ago. I mean, I think within our kind of, you know, craft beer London bubble, certainly maybe it is very can focused. I'm sure if you kind of, you know, go to the more traditional... The thing is, if you go to supermarkets which are taking on craft beer, like Tesco's, Asda, uh, Marks and Spencer's, a lot of what they're doing is almost exclusively in cans. The breweries they're taking on have been the guys like Four Pure, Northern Monk, and now in Marks and Spencer's. Um, I, I think cans are going to be more. I, I don't know whether it's more approachable, but 
it definitely seems to be more in the mainstream. I think cans and bottles. Yeah, we're so, we're seeing customers space saving as well for it. Have you seen the? Uh, I tell you what, we're going to see a rise in this year is uh, is I just I just saw it released on Facebook, which is uh, a zero calorie specialty oh, such like lager. <laughs> Have you seen that? Oh no, it's called Skinny. It's just no, it's Are you serious? Yeah, it's called Skinny. It's pointless. It's a uh, clear it's glass bottle. It sort of like looks like those um, Vogue cigarettes you get, the super skinny ones. Um, God knows who they're marketing at. Who's uh, who's releasing that? Is it a big brewery release? Yeah, I think it's a big brewery yeah. release, but I wonder if we'll ever see. Just uh, drink yeah. vodka. If you know yeah. gin. Yeah, I think this is the the classic. Sort of once every two years, a big brewery releases a, a beer aimed at women in a yeah. really terrible way. Sounds like that's what we've got there. Yeah, men like to lose weight as well, though. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I mean I think one of the other things you know if you look at ahead to 2017 and sort of staying on the can theme, we've got a couple of breweries we know are going to be going into can, which are exciting. So Cloudwater are the um, I suppose big one that the people most are excited hyped. about, the most hyped one, absolutely. Yeah, so um, and actually, I'm really surprised that they're going into can. Um, I you know I kind of had them pegged as a bottle brewery for quite a while, but you know I think it's because if they have the funds now to buy a canning system that's actually really efficient. Because I remember when we had the tasting with them, they said the, the price you pay for a good bottling line, you wouldn't get a good canning line for that price. So they want to make sure they get the best. And I think that's why they've held out for a very long time. Yeah. And they're so going to be going into the, the um, 440 mil cans. So a slightly bigger yeah. format, which is different again. Yeah. And I think we'll be seeing more people moving into big cans as well. Northern Monk of uh, a couple of weeks back, a couple of weeks back, a couple of months back, released the uh, design of their 500 mil heathen cans. Obviously, Four Pure did their yeah. juice box, which was one of the hits of the summer. Um, and amazing. they had from the year before their dry hot pills as well, which I really hope they're going to bring back in 500 mil cans. So I think we're going to go see more and more people doing that. And for me, it makes sense. I think you get more beer. Uh, any receptacles <laughs> give me more beer? More beer, the better. Uh, Belleville obviously went into can um, middle of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, their can's looking can. great. And we've got, we know a couple of other breweries that are going to can this year. Um, so I think it's, you know, it is definitely the way things seem to be moving. So, um, yeah, looking again forward to 2017. Um, what else is exciting you guys? I think what I'm really looking forward to is um, sort of like talking to a lot of the brewers around the country is uh, there's obviously been over the last years quite a lot of expansion from particular breweries. Um, and now talking to them, I know a lot of them are really focusing in on sort of like quality and getting the consistency of their beer right. Um, and actually it's sort of breweries like Cloudwater um, and some people it's the openness with which they're talking about their beers that I'm really interested in I think uh, people like Beer Nouveau up in Manchester um, if you have a chance to read his blog it's sort of like very open about how his business works and I think sort of um, it's that breaking down of barriers within the craft beer industry and showing people sort of like the process of uh, how breweries make their beers inviting them into the breweries um, talking about the businesses themselves which I'm really looking forward to because I think that's what makes the craft beer industry so special, is that uh, it's so easy for someone in a pub trying craft beer for the first time to then connect with any brewer around the country, whether it's through social media, which most big breweries, are, well, most pretty much any big or small brewery, craft brewery they're on, or even just rocking up at the tap room. Um, if you give them an email, they'll often let you come down. Um, and I think sort of like we're going to see more openness, which I'm looking forward to. I think I agree with that. I think that's a really good thing, and it's it's what makes the industry quite unique. Um, and I think the more exposure people can get to the actual breweries themselves, the brewers, the owners, that kind of thing, um, and whether that, like you say, reading their blogs or actually drinking, you know, within the where the tanks are and everything. I it's think a that's community a rather thing. than a business. 
it's yeah. definitely everyone knows each other yeah, I think that's good. I agree with that. And I think it does seem that openness is, is, the, is the watchword all yeah. the time. I also think part of it is um, sort of like, okay, uh, yeah, sort of like these blog posts. People actually sort of like communicating why uh, craft beer is worth that premium over sort of like any beer that you can just go and get in those shops. Um, I think sort of like a lot of people, you know, may be initially surprised. Oh my God, it's a bottle of beer for £4. That's nuts. I can get a bottle of Foster's for 70 or P. Um, but I think that's what we're seeing more and more of is sort of, um, you know, we try our best as well. And I think we do a pretty good job of educating the consumer about why you're paying that bit more for something which is so incredibly delicious and tasty. Uh, I'm looking forward to Beaver Town's extravaganza. Yeah, that sounds good. Tell us more about that. Um, they have... It's maybe a rough estimate, but they have about a million different breweries going <laughs> to it. There is a lot of, like, cool breweries going. Uh, let me get the list up. Yeah. Actually. Well, yeah. actually, I think... First. That's actually something else um, that's pretty cool, is as Chippy's getting up the list of breweries he's doing. Um, also, Northern Monk are also running their Hop City uh, in April time. And if you look at some of the list of breweries that they're bringing across, it's guys like The Alchemist up in Vermont. Um and sort of like, you know, Brewers of the Heady Topper, one of the most heavily sought after beers in the world. I think that's really shown the development of the English beer scene, where we are getting these brewers who everyone's looked up to and takes as inspiration, um, and sort of like, you know, will happily trade away bottles and bottles of Cantillon for, uh, coming over to the UK and sending their beers over now. Um, it's not to say, you know, we don't have equally great beer in the UK, but these are the people who inspired everyone. Um, so I think it's really exciting this year with Beaver Town, um, whose beer list Chip is about to read out, and Top City from Northern Monk are coming over. I've got a list here. We've got uh, Free Floyds. I've got L. Smith, Trillium, Bells. Oh, man, I'm excited about Bells. Uh, Siren, Dogfish Heads. And we've got uh, Casita, um, a name I'm going to butcher, Caricera, which is Ryan. He's the old head brewer of... Siren, he's going to be coming oh, over as well, which would be cool. That's a good list. That's an exciting list. And that's happening in September, I think they've got yeah. a two-day event. Um, and I think what, to me, that says, and again with Northern Monk's um, event as well, is that beer festivals are becoming bigger, Big. better, more Big. interesting, more kind of experimental, more expansive mm. in what they do. Um, you know, we've, we've had some really good beer festivals, you know, over the last couple of years with Indie Man and London Craft Beer Fest and Leeds Beer Fest. Great British Beer Festival. Um, Great British Beer way. Festival, always good, always there. Um, we'll it's be there on the trade day. <laughs> but, um, and, and I think it's just the more and more, um, you know, they put these events on, you know, there has to be a demand for it, otherwise they wouldn't do it. And I think that's really encouraging as people who are in this industry. It shows we've got a reputation now. If big breweries like that, or really hard to get breweries, are actually going to come over now. Yeah, it shows that people like Beavertown are so well known in America that they'll go, oh, okay, they're not just some random little brewery. We'll actually go and, yeah. go and take part Which in it. I think it's really exciting. And Beavertown are making a big thing of, of bringing over some super fresh stuff yeah. by plane. Not quite sure the logistics on that, but um, it's going to literally stick kegs on the car. I know, but it's going to be interesting if you see our logistics because it's also the same week as Leeds Beer Week and Indie Man Beer Con is on that same weekend. So you'll be seeing me on trains going around North England and coming back down south because I'm not missing anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we know any new breweries that are opening that we're excited about? Um, I'm looking forward to um, Charles from London Middle. He's yeah. looking to open his brewery this year in the summer. Hopefully, yeah. So he's um, he's got a, an old 
grain store slash barn slash sort of stable. I'd almost um, describe it as a burnt mill house. That's actually a very good way to describe it because yeah. that's what it is. And the brewery. And that's the name of the brewery. Burnt yeah. Mill, yeah, um, which is really exciting. And he is going to be focusing on sort of wild ales and stuff yeah. that's a little bit different than they brewing out there on a farm. Um, so I'm excited to see some of his beers coming out. Like say sometime in the summer, I think. They're currently yeah. building it. You can follow them on Instagram. I think that's what's also going to be really exciting about this year, is if you look at Burning Sky, you've just got their cool ship installed. Um, and then you've got people like uh, Little Earth Beer uh, over in Sussex, I believe. And they're doing all wild beers as well. All their beers are H&O barrels. People are taking wild beers seriously. Yeah. Now. It's something that is challenging them enough that they want to do it. But I also think it's people actually have enough knowledge to be able to pull it off properly as well. I think, you know, a few years ago... Um, especially sort of like for Burning Sky to do it it was quite a big leap for them to get their food as in um, but they really showed that I think you know to us because of Burning Sky there is a market there where people have realised that there is a demand for these styles of beers out there and that you can open up a brewery focus almost solely on saisons and wild beers mm. and sours and barrel aged beers and which is much more prevalent in the States there's a lot more of those kind of breweries over there but I guess the, mm. the, the you know the scene being that much more developed but it's good to sort of see that starting to happen more over here and I think 2017 2018 will be when we'll see a lot more of that stuff obviously it takes a while to come through there's a big investment up front so good luck to those guys doing it yeah it's starting to you know just look at Red Church as well with what they're doing running the two breweries side by side um I know James the head brewer up there he's um getting sort of like I think they're they're in the process of securing their own farm as well outside of London where they're going to grow all their own ingredients so it's not just him foraging around uh, <laughs> the streets of Hackney the streets of Hackney and uh, Bethnal Green yeah. <laughs> looking for lavender to dry yeah no, that is good I think um, I mean, what a lot of this says just despite sort of talking about the extravaganza of the beer list there have been you know, a lot of American breweries coming over but I think you know this year seems to me to be a very exciting time for the uk beer scene you know more and more breweries opening up but the quality improving and i think we'll be reflecting that a lot in the shops we're gonna put a bit more focus on uk beers um and international beers we stock and we will obviously still stock plenty of international beers but you know they're gonna have to be really up there with the uk beers in order to, to get a place we're not just gonna stock international beers for the sake of international beers because we no longer need to no you know and that change has really happened in the last two and a half years since we've been opened um, which is which is very exciting. A bit close to home, so we brought beer. Um, there's lots of exciting stuff that we're planning on doing this year. So um, events has always been a big part of our um, makeup and what we do. Um, and we're planning to kind of go a little bit bigger and better with the tasting room at Clapham Junction. Uh, introduce a few new events. So we're going to be doing some more food and beer pairing. Yep. So we've got um, on the first of February, which is a Wednesday, we've got our first ever bottle share uh, night that we're doing. So it's twelve pound fifty, limited to eight tickets. Um, that, if you're quite good at mental maths, is 100 quid. And basically all that money is going to be spent on great beer. Um, so I think we've only got two places left now um, at the time of recording. Yeah, the bottle share is something we've been wanting to do for a while. And for whatever reason, we've never quite got around to it. But um, we're looking forward to getting that launched um, first Wednesday of every month. Um, and obviously the kind of beers we've got in are pretty special. Um, but the, the beers we kind of get out there is something maybe you wouldn't always buy because maybe it's an expensive bottle or something that's a bit 
out there, a bit abstract. You drink it by yourself. Yeah. You don't want to have to drink it by yourself. So the idea of the bottle share is you can try that beer, but without having to commit to 750 mils of it or a 30 pound beer or something like that. So and it's also, a really good way to try lots of different beers. And also it's a great chance to enjoy it with people who, you know, are going to be similarly interested. And my beer seller has far outgrown sort of like how many beers I should really have in it. So it's also a good chance for me to bring along something at the end of the evening to crack open and share with people. Um, are people allowed to bring their own beers? Yep, yeah, people are allowed to bring their own beers afterwards. So uh, we'll be hanging around until pretty much whenever I feel a bit tired. Um, so we're going all night basically. Um, bring as many beers as you want, not too many please. Um, no Fosters. No Fosters. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's an exciting one. Um, another new sort of event we are looking to launch this year is... Um, well, we decided to take the concept of our Meet the Brewers. Um, so we're going to still do our uh, regular free Meet the Brewers in Clapham Junction and Ballam. But because we've got the tasting room upstairs in Clapham Junction, we've got this great, long, beautiful table. We're all sitting around in our studio. This at the is a studio, not the tasting yeah. room. In our studio, which we'll soon uh, transform into the Brewers table. Um, so these will be once a month. And the idea behind this is to get someone... Uh, from the beer scene, uh, normally a brewer or uh, the person who owns a brewery, who's really doing something different and really sort of like, in our opinion, set themselves apart from the rest. And so it's going to be a lot more intimate. Um, it'll be ticketed, um, so it'll cost a bit of money. But the idea is that it's sort of like, it's yeah, a lot more intimate. It's a great chance for... A chance to try the beers yeah. with the guys who have produced them, um, ask them lots of questions, um, get a kind of an intimate, in-depth knowledge of what they're doing, what they want to do and yep. that kind of thing. And so that's going to be really fun. Um, and then obviously we're going to uh, be bringing back the garden parties in Clapham Junction um, and food, in it. Yeah, so we're looking, we'll be looking to pair up with some brewers, some street food uh, vendors to get some uh, stuff going out in the garden during the summer. Although we do have the tent out there now for the winter, so we could even look to do something in the colder months as well, which could be fun. Mm. Um, plus, we will be doing some more beer and food pairings. I'm sure we will be collaborating with our friends over at Hood Restaurant. We'll be know. bringing back Hood. Hood. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so lots of uh, good stuff happening within the, the stores themselves. So lots of uh, exciting stuff to look forward to this year. Um, probably about time we came onto our feature recording, which, as mentioned, was Bibliotech. So we were joined by Adam, who is the owner of the brewery, who is not Swedish. He is indeed actually uh, Australian, but he lives in Sweden, and that's where the brewery is based. Um, Chippy, Ben, you were both there at the evening. Oh, it was amazing. Electrifying. He was a really good guy to talk about the beers. He... Um, yeah, very entertaining as well. Lovely man. We're absolutely delighted to get Bibliotech in. Um, they're someone sort of like we've always admired from when they came started coming to the country about six months ago. And we knew that when he was coming over, we sort of like had to grab him and drag him into our shops, kicking and screaming, and get him to talk about their beers. Um, well, they he really, wasn't really kicking and screaming. He wasn't kicking and screaming. <laughs> he was happy to come in. Yeah, just yeah, for the yeah. He was, yeah we, we, didn't, we didn't like kidnap Bibliotech. <laughs> beers are tasting good. Beers were very tasty. Um, the Eternal Darkness. The uh, Was that your favourite of the evening? Yeah, the Imperial Whiskey and Bourbon. Uh, aged I just it just reeked of alcohol it was so good like I love that big kind of boozy whiskey bourbony flavour and it was uh, 11% nice I don't remember how we closed the shop but it was <laughs> that was the night when we got robbed wasn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Buy Beer Blue Tech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, got, we got robbed and then suddenly Beer Blue Tech had a new canning line <laughs> weird yeah. weird shit yeah, so that was good. A uh, really good turnout for the evening, and it was great to get um, Bibliotech in. Um, we'll always have their beers in uh, when we can get them in this year as well. So if you haven't had a chance to try them, please do. Um, but yeah, take it away, Adam. Hello, everyone. Um, you'll notice that my accent is 
typically Swedish. Um, again, thanks for coming down. It's uh, pretty humbling to see a lot of people turning out to try my little beer. Um, I guess we'll start with what's in your glass and then I'll kind of tell you a bit more, but um, most of you will have kind of managed to try some of it already. Um, a Berliner Weisse, uh, so a, a kettle soured beer, soured naturally with grain and the lactobacteria that is in grain as a natural kind of uh, uh, bacteria there. So this is a uh, collaboration with friends of ours called All In Brewing who have a festival in Sweden every year. Uh, so we brewed this to get it ready in time for the festival um, uh, in November. Uh, it's got some orange peel in there as well and then it's dry hopped with Cascade and Citra uh, just to kind of, you know, accentuate those, those feels, the, the citrus and stuff like that. Uh, we had a compliment of someone telling me that it's as far away from a beer as you can get but still have a beer. Uh, and I kind of think that's pretty true. It's pretty thirst quenching but maybe not what people would typically say is a beer. I guess most people here are pretty open-minded to what a beer is allowed to be, so that's good. Um, so cheers and enjoy the beer, I guess, first. Uh, we've been around for just over three years, um, and in that time we've released 176 beers. Um, our goal has always been to release one new beer a week which was fine when we were doing 1,000 litre batches, but now that we're doing 3,000 litre batches or 6,000 litre batches, it's uh, maybe a little bit silly, but uh, it's a bit harder for our sales guys to push that much beer out every week so that we can release the next one. Uh, thankfully, we have importers in 14 different countries now and a few others coming up, so that helps kind of you know, shoulder the load. Um, we are an international brewery in the sense that we're six owners uh, who all contribute to the business. Um, we've got a guy from England, I'm from Australia. We've got another one of the owners from New Zealand and a South African who does all of our label design and uh, stuff like that in-house, which is kind of a bonus as well. Um, yeah, we've moved to a new premises, so you'll be seeing a lot more sour beers from us coming over, uh, wild fermented and bread based and uh, we've got a, our own sour culture that we've grown from our uh, from uh, red currants and black currants that grow in my garden. Uh, so we're using that together with a bretomyces, which is also a local um, bacteria uh, from out in the forest where we've got a friend that lives that he's grown up, uh, which is kind of an interesting project to see how that evolves and uh, what happens with it. It's wild beer, so I guess half of it will go down the drain and the other half will hopefully go into kegs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's we're lucky that we work in an industry that uh, is cooperative and friendly and, uh, you know, full of enthusiastic consumers and uh, people that are really kind of prepared to enjoy an experience. Um, that gives us the opportunity then to brew a lot of different beers without having to kind of shout and scream what kind of beer that people are going to get. That's, uh, I think most craft beer con consumers nowadays are prepared to take a risk on a beer. Um, well, hopefully our beer's not a risk, but, uh, <laughs> but maybe the beer style is not kind of familiar and, and particularly Berliner Weisser, I think we've had this conversation a couple of times, but th this kind of beer, and we'll try another one later, we don't seem to see that many coming out of the UK and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to know that there's still a market for it, even if it's not something that's familiar, um, particularly in the low ABV kind of side of things. And that's, that's 
you know, I know that the culture here is very much based around a lower ABV kind of uh, consumption. Uh, so it, it fits in beautifully there. Um, What's the ABV on this? Three and a half. Yeah, so clean, light. Um, and, and of course, we make other styles in a lower ABV as well, but if you really want to get everything in there, it's, uh, it's nice to have the building blocks of alcohol. <laughs> so we did a beer called Imperial Stout a couple of years ago, which is a collaboration with another Swedish brewery, Dugas, and that was designed to replicate an Imperial Stout, but at 3.4%. Uh, so it's kind of a challenge and we've got a bit of a project trying to make a, a barley wine style beer this week called, uh, this year called Barely Wine, uh, which will also be around 3, 3.2%. So it's uh, probably just going to be a multi-amber beer to be honest, but it's a kind of fun experiment. Um, yeah. How did it taste? Uh, we've only, we've only brewed it in our minds so far. <laughs> Uh, we, we don't really do test batches, so we don't kind of do our little 20 litre batches or anything like that. This is, I think this beer ended up, we got about 2,800 litres out of the tank and that was our test batch. Uh, so if it's, if it's crap, it goes down the drain. There's only been three of them so far that have gone down the drain. And um, I guess that's kind of part of the ethos as well is that you don't have to like every beer that we ever make, but hopefully you don't walk away thinking there was something completely wrong with it either. Uh, taste is individual and we don't love every beer we make. We have to be self-critical as well, but um, if we believe that there's a serious flaw or there's actually something gone wrong with the beer, then you'll never get it. Um, whether you then like it or not, I can't help. So would you ever brew anything collectively that none of you like? Um, not intentionally. No. <laughs> <laughs> you thought there was a market out there. Yeah, look, I think it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're all kind of critical, as I said, of our product, and I think you have to be, and it's, uh, it's a healthy way to run a business of whatever kind. Um, but we, we, we debate some beers, and, um, and, and, and sometimes it's just a, you know, it's, it's a yeast that we're using that we're not really used to and it's that fermentation and once it settles, you kind of find that actually you did achieve kind of, you know. And I guess our, our parameters is, you know, it, it has to be, you know, to 95% of the beer that's been designed, it has to replicate that kind of idea. Uh, occasionally it goes 100% and occasionally, well, maybe not, maybe 98.7 because there's always room for improvement. But... Um, it's, it, if, it, if it's not 90% of the beer that we wanted to brew, then it's not released. And we've got the advantage of having two facilities, so if we don't like the, the, uh, the, the, the beer that we've made, we can always transport it down to our other brewery and add Brett and other nasties to it and see what happens to it after that. And then if we still don't like it, it gets dumped. So it's, uh, it's an advantage of being an experimental brewery. We can. We can fuck it up, but in a good way. <laughs> so, um, I guess a few of you have kind of finished your beer, and if you haven't, it's only three and a half percent, so you can slam it. Um, and we'll get you another beer and continue to have a chat. If you have any questions or want to know anything, just get hold of me. Cheers. Everybody stop talking and listen to me. Uh, <laughs> um, strategically, by accident, you've got another beer that's got orange peel in it, so that's kind of good that it covers the last orange peel. Um, an advantage, again, of brewing whatever beer we want whenever we want is that uh, when we're inspired by our colleagues, we can kind of uh, take that inspiration and convert it into beer. 
Uh, this beer is um, a, a little inspired by uh, Ole Andersson, who is the brewer from OO and Stieg Lariats, uh, who have raced into the top 10 IPAs in the world uh, with Gothenburg Beer Week and Narangi, uh, two of his beers. Uh, fantastic brewer, humble guy. If you ever get the chance to try his beers, try them. Hopefully you'll enjoy this one first. Um, <laughs> It's, I guess, pretty inspired by the New England thing. Uh, hazy, lots of kind of adjunct grains, blah, 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 but um, uh, a little drier than maybe what some of those beers are when you kind of get a Trillium beer and so on. And absolutely nothing wrong with it, but it's our preference uh, to just have a tiny bit drier beer so that we can kind of show off that, that kind of finish of the hops as well as the combination of molten hops and oats and wheats and barley and so on. Um, uh, another advantage of sending a lot of beer to export is that this beer is just over a week old, so it's kind of pretty much in its prime. It's, I'm a firm believer that a beer shouldn't be kind of consumed straight off the packaging line because when you move beer, then the gas kind of starts to get upset and you always get a slightly metallic taste to it, so it kind of settles into itself after a few days again. Um, but the advantage of being able to send it away as soon as we brew it is that in, in Sweden we have a monopoly over alcohol sales. So if we want to release this beer in the monopoly, it takes us two and a half months. So that's awesome for an IPA. Um, so effectively we can brew this beer, keep some of the beer for samples to send to Systembolaget and then send the rest of it away for export and then we have our actual Swedish unveiling of the beer uh, quite, a, quite a while afterwards. Um, but it's the only way that we can work around the system. Or they'd like us to say work with the system, but let's not fool each other. Um, they, they were quite clear earlier today that they were going to record this and that I wasn't allowed to talk badly about anyone, but I'm going to talk badly about Systembolaget. They're shit, and I hope someone from Systembolaget is listening to this when it's turned into a podcast later. Uh, enjoy the beer. Again, I'm here, and I... I'm not as terrible as most Australians. <laughs> most. <laughs> Cheers. So this time I'll remember to introduce the beer. Uh, the last beer that you had was Not Guilty, uh, the OJ IPA. Uh, inspired by a legend of uh, screen and football, OJ Simpson. Something about a trial 20 years ago. Um, now we're having um, uh, Mocha Latte Stout. It's, uh, our, um, it's a, one of the beers that we brewed first, but this is a revisit to it now. It's going a little bit more into our standard assortment. Um, but this is a version done with more coffee and, well, actually with coffee and vanilla. The actual original Mocha Latte Stout doesn't have any coffee in it. It's just the malt. Uh, and it in some ways tastes more like coffee than this does, but I think that's the vanilla. Um, as we said, uh, I guess it does what it says on the label. Uh, it's got coffee and vanilla. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty intense with my descriptions. Um, it's it's kind of designed to be an 8% stout that you drink on a summer's day. So it's, it's designed to be a cold beer. Uh, most stouts, I guess, people would agree, you know, it should be kind of, you know, 
8, 10, 12 degrees and, you know, enjoy it at that kind of warmer temperature to get everything forward. This is designed to be basically like a cold brew coffee, um, but with, I don't know, what's 8% times 0% in percentages. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot stronger than cold brew coffee, I guess. Um, it's... Um, it, it, I, we're, we really like we love this beer because it is exactly that. It's it's not a challenging stout in any way. Um, it's just designed to kind of drink and move on to the next beer. You don't have to sit there and think about it forever, and you don't have to age it. That's why it's in a can. Uh, looks a little bit silly to lay cans down in your cellar. Um, uh, uh, you can do it. It's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, and, and it's perfect, you know, just to kind of walk around on a cold winter's evening and drink out on the street. <laughs> Everyone, buy some of it off these guys and drink it on the street. But when you do that, make sure that you hold the can like this. <laughs> so that people say, hey, crazy person, where'd you get that beer? And you can send them here. Um, mocha latte, stout, double shot vanilla, um, and... After this, make sure that you, uh, I don't know, somehow empty out the glass because we're going back to a Berliner Weisser and it's not going to gel beautifully. <laughs> we got more on the table. <laughs> yeah, take, take some of that. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Um, so the beer that you've got now is kind of the beer that got us into Mother Kelly's portfolio that then means that we're here today. Uh, it's a passion for gingers. Um, we brought this over to the Beavertown party, uh, which some of you might have lined up for earlier in the year and not got in. It was a really nice event um, for those of us that were there. Um, this beer, I think they said afterwards, kind of sold out like the second or third fastest, which is not super ironic, considering how many gingers there are over here. Might have been strategic. Kind of standing there just going, ah, oh, my boyfriend's a ginger, I've got a passion for you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't, didn't get old. I'm a little bit ginger, so I'm happy to hear that people like gingers. Um, it's, again, what it says on the label. We're creative with our names, but not super creative. Uh, passion for gingers. Uh, we re we've released another beer called A Passion for Strawberry Blondes, uh, which um, we actually got a hate email uh, about because it's... It's two um, uh, strawberry blonde-headed men, one holding a bicycle and the other one holding a beer with his hand up like this as they kiss. Uh, and someone said that there was no need to put gay pornography on the front of a beer bottle. <laughs> and we pointed out that if it was pornography, then it would be a dick in the mouth. <laughs> and not a simple kiss. They might just be friends that haven't seen each other for a long time. Or brothers. They have the same coloured hair. <laughs> I guess incest is kind of porny. Uh, but anyway... Um, <laughs> what, too soon? <laughs> Um, so it, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a theme of ours uh, to uh, try and be fairly creative with the names of our Berliner Weisse particularly because we find that it's, um, it's, it's, it's a good way to get people to pick up the, the beers in the first place. Uh, there's, a, there's a few beers I guess you guys will get in the What's Better Than Eating a Mandarin yep. at some point. <laughs> um, some people will know the answer to that and... Uh, 
I'm being recorded for a podcast, so you can ask me after we press pause on this what the answer is. Um, but it, it's just a kind of way to, you know, enjoy ourselves. We kind of remember old jokes that we think are semi-offensive and then create a beer designed around that joke, uh, which some people would say is not an integral part of brewing, and I would argue that it is. Uh, because if we can laugh about it for three weeks while it's in the tank and then another six weeks while we try and sell it and people go, hmm, I don't know if we can take that. Yeah, you can take it. It's fine. Sweden. No one understands. Um, uh, love refugees. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty acceptable. Uh, <laughs> we won't go there, I guess, right? Uh, it's, um, I, I, I don't know if anyone's been to Australia or has met an Australian, but you live in London, so you probably have. Um, both been there backpacking and met Australians here. Uh, Australian Sheilas are pretty bogan. Uh, bogan is uh, a fantastic word that describes people quite fantastically as what they are. G'day. Fucking love you. Uh, didn't really turn me on. Uh, <laughs> too personal. Uh, fuck my, I don't know. Friends might listen to this podcast as well. I guess I won't be sharing this on Facebook. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, we've got this beer to drink now and then we've got a, uh, a, a barrel-aged uh, beer to try next. There is one more beer in the fridge, um, but we felt like we were going to be a little bit too fruity. Uh, if you want to try another beer when we're done, you've had a lot of free beer, so support these dudes and buy a beer. I know a lot of you have anyway, you drunkards. Um, it's called Passion Fruit of the Loins. Uh, it's very passionate, uh, it's not got any fruit of the loins in there, uh, cheers. <laughs> Last beer of the evening, um, we have pretty much moved all of our production over into cans and the idea of that is that uh, number one they ship better, they take less space, they're environmentally friendly, a can is usually According to Swedish uh, kind of um, information anyway, packaged, consumed, recycled and packaged again within 45 days. And it's 99.8% recycled. So it's very little amount of new aluminium that's added to each can. A glass bottle we're allowed to buy maximum 80% uh, recycled glass, 20% new glass. So it's harder to make aluminium but environmentally it's a much better packaging. Better for the beer. This beer, maybe some people would say, shouldn't be in a can because it's a barrel-aged, massive stout, 11.5%. Our argument is that if we've gone to the trouble of aging it, getting some fresh stuff in there, getting the blend like we want it, this is how it should be consumed. It doesn't need to be aged anymore. It doesn't need that oxidisation of the bottle to improve. Uh, again, it's... Uh, I think the argument is always, what's, what's a double IPA? What's an IPA? Well, the, the difference is that it's brewer's discretion. If the brewer brews a beer that says it's a double IPA but it's 7%, or brews an IPA and it's 7.5%, that's their discretion because that's what they've aimed to make. And it's the same when it comes to this kind of beer. Um, I'm really not 
as fun as I was before. Um, it, it's designed to be the beer that you've got in your glass and we, we're proud of it how it is. It's a beer that's been aged in uh, Macmuda barrels, which is a Swedish uh, whiskey distillery. Uh, they aged the beer in a bourbon barrel, uh, the, sorry, the whiskey, and then they sent it to us. So it's had both, uh, I, I guess, a Scotch style whiskey and then a, a bourbon whiskey from the beginning. So it's got elements of both. It's got a smokiness and it's got a vanilla tone and so on. And, you know, we, we believe that the beer is optimal as it is. Uh, and, I mean, fucking hell, like, you've been given this beer for free and it, it didn't cost them free to get it here. I can tell you that because I charged them. <laughs> so, well, I charged them and then they got paid and then they charged them. So it's a, like, uh, I, I, I want to thank all of you for coming. Uh, I want to thank We Brought Beer for putting it on. Uh, I want to, like, again, talk about the generosity uh, of this kind of event being free. Usually you'd pay for it, uh, particularly with Swedish beers. We're expensive. Uh, but my son gets to do everything in his life for free. So it's fine. People will pay. Um, and, 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 and I don't know, like, I'm stoked to be here. I'm humbled. I'm proud. Uh, I don't use the word proud very often because it usually gets a lump in my throat. Uh, and I'll hand over to Ben as a big thank you for your hospitality and for the great event and make sure you buy some beers to help pay for the beers that they've given you for free. <laughs> thanks, guys. So thanks to Adam there from Beer Bibliotech. Um, really good evening. And like I say, if you haven't had a chance to check out their beers, do so. We stock them in Cannes in uh, all three stores. Um, and they've got some really interesting stuff going on. Thanks to Ben and Chippy for joining me in the studio today. Um, I hope you liked our 2017 rambling predictions. Um, I really think it's going to be a very exciting year for beer. Lots of interesting stuff coming up and uh, we can't wait to bring it to you. Um, this is the last episode of this current series. We've done 10, so if you did enjoy um, what you've heard, thank you very much for listening. Um, head over to iTunes or Acast and you can see the full um, episode guide there. All, all 10 episodes there featuring Meet the Brewers with Beaver Town, Colonel, um, Brew by Numbers, all sorts of good stuff on there. Um, we will be back in the spring with a new series of episodes. Um, in the meantime, please do spread the word, leave us a review, um, and hopefully we will see you in one of our shots very soon. Um, be sure to head over to the website, webrobeer.co.uk, for more info on the events and podcasts and various other bits and pieces that we do. Otherwise, have a great week and we'll look forward to seeing you soon.